Today, we'll continue in our series with part three of our Discipline in Darkness, and it is titled God's Dark Room of Development. But before we go there, let's go to the Lord one more time in prayer. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity, God, and the privilege to be in your house and to be in your presence. The the privilege we have to listen to your word, God, to have you speak into our lives, to have the windows of heaven open for just a moment, God, where we can hear your voice and see your presence and come into contact with your glory. So I pray tonight, God, that we would make the most of this opportunity that we've been given tonight. I pray, God, that you would anoint me as you always do and that I always ask for you that you would anoint my mind and my lips and my heart, God, my physical body, that you would just touch me, God, and that you would empower me to bring forth your words this evening. God, all week you've sown some things into the soil of my soul. You've put some things on my heart and in my mind, and I pray that the things that you want to come forward would come forward tonight. God, that the flesh would be crucified and that your words would be heard, God, that you would open up our ears, that you would open up our hearts, that you would give us hearts that are willing and ready to receive, God, your word with gladness. As we always pray, God, we pray that you would come against the distractions of this week, the difficulties that have set themselves against us, God, spirits of distraction, God, and disruption. We pray in the name of Jesus that you would come against them. And that we would just be ready to receive everything that you have for us. And we give you the praise in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. The title of my message tonight, like I said, is God's Dark Room of Development. It's based on Romans chapter 5, verse 4. It's the main body of the text. I'll throw some other things in, but I'm building the message around this. If you were here last week, I kind of gave you a little head start, a little insight as to what we would hope to cover tonight. If God permits me, I'll get to all of those topics. If not, we'll go to another part. Amen. But we'll just do what God wants us to do. Romans 5, 4. We also exalt in our tribulations. This is Paul writing these words to the Roman church. We exalt also in our tribulations. We exalt in our struggles and our troubles, you might say, and our sadnesses and our sorrows. And if you understand the word exalt, it means to praise and raise the Lord in rank. It means to praise and raise the Lord in esteem. So understand what Paul is saying here. Paul is saying, in the midst of my trial and in the midst of my tribulation, he's saying, in the midst of my sadness or sorrow, in the midst of my darkness, I will raise up and praise the Lord. Amen. And this is what we have to understand. This is part of our discipline in darkness. Paul was disciplined. He had developed the spiritual discipline of darkness in his life. So no matter what came upon him, he understood and he knew how to praise and raise the Lord, to lift up the Lord and put him in higher esteem. And we need to understand and learn the same thing. So when we learn the discipline of darkness, church, we learn to exalt the Lord in the midst of our troubles and our struggles, our trials and tribulations. In other words, Paul was saying we are of good cheer, even in the darkest of times, because we know that tribulation develops perseverance. And perseverance develops proven character in our lives, he said. Not questionable character, not feeble character, but proven character in our lives. And what I want us to understand is that trials and tribulations are part of God's development process in our lives. 
That's what we're going to look at this evening. Part three is all about spiritual development in our lives. It's all about developing the proven character of Jesus Christ in our lives. How many of you know we're not quite there yet? That each and every day God has to develop us a little bit more. Amen? And that all falls into this whole series that I'm teaching on the discipline of darkness. The reality is, trials and tribulations are always part of God's development process in our lives. Tribulation develops perseverance, and perseverance develops the proven character of Christ, church. It develops the proof that we have been born again. It develops the proof that we are no longer of this world, but that we belong to another kingdom instead. It develops the proof that old things have passed away and all things have become new, and that it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives within me. You see, the reality is darkness comes into our life, and trials and tribulations come into our life, and sadness and sorrow comes into our life, so that we might be able to prove that we're a new creation. That old things are passed away and all things become new and that I belong to another kingdom. That's why we have to understand the discipline of darkness. Because how we respond to those times of sorrow, the way that we respond to those times of difficulty that descend upon our life is what sets us apart from the rest of the world. You see, when the rest of the world is dark, we should be shining forth the light of Jesus Christ no matter what the situation around us might be like. It's all about the discipline of darkness. It's all about God's dark room of development. Whether we like it or not, more times than not, the proof that I'm talking about can only be developed in the dark. More times than not in our spiritual life, church, the proof that we've been born again, the proof that we don't belong to this kingdom, the proof that God has done something deep down in the soil of our soul can only be proven, church, or can only be developed when we wander through the wilderness. When we have a desert experience, when we find ourselves in the midst of the storm, or when we find ourselves in the midst of trials and tribulations in our life, or what we might say in God's dark room. Remember, Jesus himself said in John 15, 8, This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, proving that you are my disciples. You see, the reality is this world's looking for some proof, church. Proof that we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. This world is looking for some proof that we are all that, that we say that we are, that we've been born again, that our soul has been saved. They're looking for some proof. And what I'm trying to teach you tonight is that oftentimes, or more often than not, that proof has to be developed in the dark. I know we don't like to hear that. I know that this isn't a modern-day doctrine church, but the reality is it's exactly why the house of God and the family of God is filled with so many spiritual infants today. Because they're not acquainted with the discipline of darkness. They'd rather have a sugar-coated gospel that deteriorates their soul, that doesn't give them any strength in their time of need. It doesn't give them any endurance. It doesn't help them to overcome the trials and the tribulations in life, church. But this is why we need to understand the discipline of darkness, because it enables us to shine in the darkness. It enables us to prove that we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. And this is what we have to realize, church, that this is the the word of the Lord and we have to learn it. We have to understand it. I know most of us, church, are probably afraid or, or are reluctant to have to experience spiritual darkness in our life. 
I know if you're like me, the last thing that you want is a time of darkness to descend upon your life. Look, I'd much rather my days be shiny. I'd much rather my days be bright. I'd much rather my days be filled with sunshine and singing, church. But the reality is, in order for God to develop us the way that He wants to develop us, in order for God to develop the the righteousness of, of, of God through Jesus Christ in our life, it's to sometimes put us in a place of darkness so that He can bring forth the true character of Christ in our lives. The reality is, without darkness, we will never fully develop or mature in our faith. Without it, I don't believe that we can be like Christ. Please understand, our character is never truly tested until the lights go out. And some of you know that as well as I do. Some of you understand that we are truly, the only time we are truly tested is when the lights go out in our life. The only time that our love, our joy, our peace, our patience, our kindness, our meekness, our gentleness, our our faithfulness, and our self-control are tested is when the lights go out in our life. That's when all of these things are truly tested in our life. Let the lights go out in your marriage for just a period of time and watch how your patience is tested. Watch how the the fruit of the Spirit is tested in your life. Let the lights go out in your finances for a week or a month or or six months or more and see how your, your patience and trust and faith in God is tested and tried. You see, the reality is God sometimes has to turn out the lights and able to fully develop the fruit of the Spirit in our life, church. I know we don't like to hear it, but it's the reality and it's the truth. Our Christ-like character isn't truly tested or tried, and I don't believe it can be fully developed in our life unless darkness from time to time descends upon our life as well. God brings darkness into our life in order to develop us properly. He'll allow darkness to descend on your marriage church in order to develop your marriage and strengthen your marriage, make your marriage stronger and greater, and cause you to be built up better in the most high faith. It's why God allows darkness to descend upon our life. You know as well as I do that the hardest time to bear the fruit of the Spirit is when life gets dark. The hardest time to bear the fruit of the Spirit in our life is when things aren't going right. When your life's turned upside down, when the marriage is in a mess, when the finances are low, when your teenager takes a wrong road in life, but it's in that darkness, church, it's in that trial, it's in that tribulation where God is trying to develop a Christ-like character in our life. It's in the midst of the storm. Please understand, when darkness descends on your life, God is trying to develop something in our life. Even if the devil brings it upon our life, God will use that season of darkness to develop something within us, church. Whether to develop trust, whether to develop faith, whether to develop patience, whatever it might be. Anytime we experience a time of darkness in our life, God will use that moment of darkness to develop something in our lives. So that we might prove That we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. That we might prove that we've been born again and belong to another kingdom, church. This is the reality of what we need to learn. More often than not, God develops us in the dark. It's in the darkness of tribulation that we develop trust. 
Like the children of Israel did when they were pressed in at the Red Sea. They didn't know which way to go. They were pressed in. The army coming one way, the Red Sea on another, and mountains surrounding them on both sides. They were in a time of darkness. God took all night to blow back the sea. You know as well as I do, God could have taken one second and gone... And separated that sea. But he was trying to develop something in his people. He was trying to develop something in the children of God who had spent 400 years in slavery. He had to get rid of Egypt out of their soul. He had to develop something more within them. He had to develop the kingdom of God and the character of God. He needed to develop faith and trust in the, in the lives of his children. So he allowed darkness to descend upon their lives all night long. So that they could sing a song when they got to the other side of the sea. Please understand, God could have done, done it just like this. And that's usually the way we are when we find ourselves in a place of darkness. Amen? God, right away. God, can't you just blow it away? Can't you just separate the sea? And he's standing up there looking down upon her life saying, I'm trying to develop something within you. I'm trying to fully develop your faith, trying to fully develop your song. I'm trying to fully develop your testimony. I'm trying to fully develop the the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Listen, look, I hate the darkness too. But God is really trying to build the character of Christ in our lives. It's why Paul was able to say, I exalt in my tribulations. I'm of good cheer in the midst of my trials, in the midst of my struggles and troubles, because I know that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance produces the proven character of Jesus Christ in my life. Listen, that should be our desire. If it's your desire and my desire to prove that we have the character of Christ within us, then we can't grumble and complain when God decides to cover our cage. Amen? If you truly want to be like Jesus Christ, listen, I'm telling you, I know that this is, this is not a modern day message. But it's an old time teaching that we must become acquainted with once again. If we want to be like Jesus Christ, if we want to be salt, if we want to be light, we must understand the discipline of darkness that God takes us through. And we must understand that sometimes God shuts us and locks us in to the dark room of development so that we can bring forth the character of Jesus Christ in our lives. It's where He takes us, church. It's a place that we don't like to be, but it's a place where God does the greatest work in our lives. It's in the darkness of life's pressure that we often develop patience. It's in the darkness of heartache and hurt that we often learn humility. Amen? Listen, I've been in some places of heartache and hurt, and it's in those times of heartache and hurt where God has humbled me. I've come away different. I've come away changed. I've come away a little bit more like Jesus Christ. It's in the shadows of fear where we often develop faith, like I said about the children of Israel and the courage that we need to go on. It's often, church, in the storm where we develop a song like I taught two weeks ago. It's in the test where we develop our testimony, church. It's in the darkness that we develop the proven character of Jesus Christ. I wonder when the last time, I know Paul prayed it, but you've got to be in a pretty solid spot with Jesus to be able to pray, pray the prayer, God, take me into darkness. 
Take me into that dark place. Paul said, I want to know him in the fellowship of his suffering. I want to know him in the darkness of Calvary's cross. I want to know him in the darkness of his mighty sacrifice. If we truly want to be like that, then we must be prepared, church, for a season of darkness to descend upon our lives. And unless we're willing to do that, we're going to be a bunch of babies in the house of God. God, teach me how to live my life when you choose to allow darkness to descend upon me. Let me, Jeff Merriman, not be afraid of the dark. That should be our prayer, church. Let me not be afraid when darkness descends upon me because I know it's in that place of darkness that you're doing something wonderful in my life. You're making me a little bit more like Jesus. We can sing the song, I want to be like Jesus, and I want to, we can sing it all we want, but until we are willing to allow God to cover our cage, we'll never be like Jesus. It's in those dark times where God does His greatest work in our lives. Listen, you would not... I could ask every one of you, if you have a testimony in, it's in your life, it's because of the dark times you came through. If you've got a dance, if you've got a song, if you've got a clap, if you've got something that gets you excited about Jesus Christ, I will promise you, it was built in a moment of darkness in your life. Your song, your testimony, it came forth in the most difficult, trying times of your life. And it's why God allows us to go through it so we can prove to this world that God is great and God is good. That we can prove if He did it for me, He'll do it for you. Do you understand? But if we're always kicking against the dark... We'll be sucking a bottle the rest of our spiritual life, church. We will not be mature in the Lord. Understand, darkness has the power to mature you. Darkness has the power to mature me in Christ like nothing else has the power to mature us. I'm not saying that that's what we want to wish for every day, but what we need to pray for is that I am prepared, God, when you decide to take me into the lion's den. I want to be prepared, God, when you decide to take me into a fiery furnace. I want to be prepared, Holy Ghost, when you decide to take me to a Red Sea. This is the prayer that we must have, and it's all about the discipline of darkness, church. The reality is, just like film, old-time film, we oftentimes must be developed in God's dark room of life. I used to be in photography class. Some of our... Modern generation, what is film? They don't know what film is. Everything's digital. You just snap it and stick it on your computer. But in the old days, you had film. And you had to take it into a dark room. And you had to develop it. And it was a process. You had to mix this chemical with that chemical. And you had to keep the lights out. And if the light came on, guess what happened? It ruined the picture. And the photographer had to start all over again. I hope you're getting the spiritual parallel Sometimes God takes us into the dark room of development so that He can bring forth the, the image and the character of Jesus Christ in our lives. And before He's done, we open up the door and we get out and the light comes rushing in. And guess what? He has to start all over again in our life. And He takes us back to the dark room until we learn to keep the door shut until that which is fully uh, to be developed is fully developed in our life. Oh, God, I can't stand it in here. And we open up the door and we run out. And our picture's half done. 
And all the time that we spent setting up that perfect scene is gone and you've got to do it all over again. And God thinks and says the same thing to us when, when He places us in the dark room of development. Let me do my work. I've got a beautiful plan. I've got a beautiful picture. I've got a beautiful purpose for your life. But in order for it to come forth fully, you've got to be still and know that I'm God. You've got to be still and know I know what I'm doing. But far too often... We kick and goad against God like He's some ill-equipped individual to bring forth His purpose and His plan in our life. Unfortunately, sometimes we put ourselves above God. The clay says to the potter, do this and do this. Make me this and make me that. When God is saying, be still and let me develop you, church. Are you getting anything from this? I pray that you are, because I really believe that this is what the Holy Ghost wants us to learn, church, that we have to allow ourselves to be taken into the dark room of life, God's dark room of life. And whether we because whether we realize it or not, church, we're not all fully developed yet. We're not fully developed I know there's some individuals, boy, they come into the house of God, they got the big Bible, they got the three-piece suit. They got it all down pat and they think they're fully developed. Well, they're not. I'm not and neither are you. The reality is, listen, you and I are not fully developed in love. Not fully developed in joy. Because if we were fully developed in joy, Pastor Darrell wouldn't have to come up here and say, lift up your hands. Woo! We'd just be coming in the house of God, joy all over us. It's unspeakable and full of glory. Everybody think we're some weirdo. Because we're so full of joy. If we were fully developed in that joy. We're not fully developed in peace. We're not fully developed in patience. I snap off here and snap off there and think, good God, how long is it going to take for me to finally be developed in patience? Listen, be honest with yourself. You'd say the same exact thing. We're not fully developed yet, church. We're not all that in a spiritual bag of chips yet. We still got some work to do. God still got some developing to do in our life. And unless we allow him to take us, church, into his dark room, we will never be able to prove that we have the character of Christ within us. Many times darkness is part of God's spiritual development process in our lives. And like we learned last week, we cannot think it's strange When darkness descends upon us, amen? I shared that last week. Darkness comes and boy, we think, man, that it's some strange thing that's happening in our lives. But it's happening to all of us. Happens to you, it happens to me, it happens to pastor. It happens to the the greatest of saints, church. But what we have to understand is that we're not yet fully developed. We think we are. We think we're fully developed in praise. We think we're fully developed in whatever, kindness, gentleness. We're not fully developed in self-control. So God has to use the darkness to develop us. Because the sad reality is, when the sun is shining and the lights are bright and everything's great and everything's hunky-dory in our life, guess what? We think we're fully developed. We think, oh, we must be perfect in the Lord. And so God sometimes gently 
and sometimes harshly reminds us by turning out the lights and causes us to see who we really are. You see, because unless the lights go, until the lights go out, and when the lights go out, it lets us truly understand who we are in Christ and where we are in Christ. Let the lights go out in your marriage for a season of time and you'll find out exactly where you are in Christ and who you are in Christ. Let the lights go out on your finances, like I said, for just a short period of time. You'll find out exactly where you are in Christ and exactly who you are in Christ. And unfortunately, a lot of times we discover that we're nowhere in Christ and nobody in Christ when the lights go out. I know that we are everything. We're sons and daughters, but we're not proving it. You understand what I'm saying? So sometimes God takes us into the dark to develop those things. So there's no question about who we are and where we are in Jesus Christ. Amen. James 1, 2 says, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith develops endurance. And as we already learned, endurance develops the proven character of Christ in our lives. Character that can only be born in the dark. Character that can only be born in a lion's den. Character that can only be born in a fiery furnace. Character that can only be born on a stormy sea when the, the winds are, are battling against us, church. How many of you ever been there? You've been on the middle of a stormy sea and it seems like the winds are winning, amen? And it's in those moments of darkness that God is trying to develop something in our life, church. I can imagine the disciples, and the Bible says, and they were rowing against the wind, but they were going backwards. They were rowing so hard this way, but the winds were so strong, they were going backwards. I don't know. I've been there, church. But what the Bible is telling me, it's in those moments that he's trying to develop something in our life, church. Please understand this is the kind of character I'm talking about that can only be developed when the lights go out in our life. Where was it that God developed faith in Peter? Where was it that God developed faith in Peter? It was in the middle of a dark night out on a stormy sea, church. It's where he developed faith in Peter's life. Where was it that God developed obedience in Jonah? It was in the blackened belly of a big, big old fish. Not only a big old, it was at the bottom of the sea. How dark you think you can get. But it was in that very place that God developed obedience in Jonah's life. I don't know about you, boy, but if I spent three days in the belly well down at the bottom of the sea, I'd be, God, whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to go, I'd go. But that's where he had to take them. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes God has to do that with you and me. Sometimes He will allow you. Sometimes He will even be the fish. But sometimes God will allow you to be swallowed with something so that He can develop something in your life. Swallowed by fear so you can develop courage. Swallowed by problems so you can develop patience. Swallowed by darkness so that you ex can experience the light of Jesus Christ in your life. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes He'll let darkness descend upon your life so that you learn to obey Him. In my opinion, that's probably one of the greatest areas of our life, or one of the greatest reasons that God allows darkness to descend upon us, because we're not obeying Him. At least me. 
So I speak for myself, I won't speak for you, but I will promise every one of us in this room have experienced one time of darkness in our life because of disobedience. And God needed to develop obedience, amen? The reality is, sometimes God takes us into His dark room of development in order to bring forth the proven character of Jesus Christ in our lives. In Judges chapter 6, Gideon went from fearful farmer to mighty warrior because he allowed God to develop him in the dark. Joseph went from a pit to a palace like we've learned because he allowed God to develop him in the dark. David went from a ruddy little little shepherd boy to the king of Israel because he allowed God to develop him in the valley of Elah when he stood before Goliath the giant while the rest of Israel trembled in darkness in the valley of the shadow of death. You know the story. King Saul trembled in fear in the darkness of their situation. I know it was light, but the Bible tells me that they were so afraid that they stayed in bed. Goliath would get up and roar in the morning and he would roar again at night. And they were sorely afraid, the Bible says. They wouldn't even go to battle. But David allowed God to develop him in the dark and he went from a ruddy little shepherd boy to the king of Israel because he allowed God to develop him in the dark. Listen, if you want to be used by God, if you want to do great and mighty things for God, if you want to have your name changed, if you want to go from a ruddy little shepherd boy to the king of Israel, and I'm not saying that for ego purposes, I'm talking about the fact that God has a plan for each and every one of us as sons and daughters in the Most High God. He calls us priests, He calls us kings, He calls us princes, He calls us all those things. And in order for that, that plan to be fulfilled in our lives, we must allow Him to take us through the valley of the shadow of death where we can learn the discipline of darkness in our lives. It's in the darkness, church, where God elevates us to higher places. It's in the darkness where He develops us and teaches us so that we might be used to do greater things, church. You see, the reality is, like I said, God's already taken a snapshot of our life. He has a plan for each and every one of us. He's numbered our days. He's ordered our steps, the Bible says, before before we took a single breath. And in order for His plans, in order for His purposes, church... To be fulfilled in our lives, He may have to turn out the lights. He may have to cover our cage. The next thing I want to look at this evening, the next truth is that some things are seen in the dark that cannot be seen in the light. Stars can only be seen at night. The Milky Way can only be seen at night. The faraway heavens, church, can only be seen in the darkness when the sun sets and God covers our cage for the night. There are some things that can be seen in the dark that cannot be seen in the light. It's like when we're little kids, little kids, and we get a glow-in-the-dark ball or a glow-in-the-dark bracelet, a little glow-in-the-dark trinket. I'm speaking for me because this is what I did. Maybe you're different. But as soon as I got that, the first thing I want to do, go run into a dark room somewhere. Go shut every door so so I could watch this thing glow. And if I couldn't find a dark enough room, guess what I did? I took this little trinket and put it in the palm of my hands. Covered it in darkness. I peeked inside. See if it would glow. And if it didn't glow, go put it under the light. Go soak it in the light for a little longer. Put it back in my hands. See if it glows. Again, I hope you're getting the spiritual parallel here. God does the same exact thing with us. He wants us to glow with His glory. He wants us to glow with His goodness. He 
wants us to glow with His grace. He wants us to glow with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, meekness, faithfulness, self-control. He wants us to glow. And He will take us into a dark place. He'll cover us, church. He'll peek inside. We're not glowing. Guess what He does? He takes us out. They need a little bit more light. Need a little bit more of my Son. Need a little bit more Jesus. Puts us back in until we glow. You see, what we have to understand is that even, here's the point that I want to make, though, that even in the most difficult of times, even in the darkness of those situations, we need to remember whose hands we're in. We are in the hands of Jesus Christ. He's the one that's covering us. He's the one that's holding us. He's the one that's guarding us. Listen, with this little glow, when I am in the hands of Jesus, nothing can hurt me. Amen. Though a thousand fall by my side and ten thousand by my right side, it shall not come near me. It's why David said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. He understood that in the middle of his darkness, he was in the hands of God. And all God wanted to do was for him to glow in the darkness, church. Why do you think Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they might see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven? He takes us into the darkness so that we can glow for God's glory. So we can glow, church. Listen, there's some areas of my life, man, you put me in that dark spot and you can't tell there's anything in there at all. So I need to soak myself in the light of Jesus a little bit longer. Amen? Whether I soak myself in the Word or soak myself in prayer, soak myself in church, soak myself in praise, it doesn't matter what it is, but got to soak myself in the presence of Jesus so that when He decides to cover my cage, I glow for Jesus Christ. Amen? This is what the the discipline of darkness is all about, church. Sometimes there are things that are seen in the dark that cannot be seen in the light. And sometimes God puts us in the dark in order to watch us glow. Covers us for a little while and He peeks inside to see if we're glowing, church. And when the darkness is done, guess what He does? He opens us up and He allows us to, to bask in the light of Jesus Christ. Amen? That's what we have to understand. Another truth I want us to see is that in the light, we see that which is near. But in the dark, we see that which is far away. In the light, we see that which is near. But in the dark, we see that which is far away. In the light, we can see the clouds. We can see the sun. We can see the sky. But in the dark, we can see the stars that are millions and millions of miles away. At night, we can see into the heavens, church, past our own solar system, into the areas that are otherwise hidden in the light. There are some things you can see at night that you cannot see when the lights go on. And there's a spiritual parallel to that as well. There are some things you can only see in the spiritual realm when the lights go out in our life. There are some things we can only see when God decides to cover our cage, church, The reality is sometimes God puts us in dark places so we can see past ourselves. So we can see past the natural. So that we can see past the temporal church. Sometimes God puts us in the dark places of life or in His dark room of development so that we can see beyond ourselves, church. So that we can look into eternity. 
It's in the darkness that we learn to look towards tomorrow. Amen? It's in the darkness where we learn to look toward God instead of man. It's in the darkness that we learn to look toward His throne room of grace so that we can find help in our very time of need. Amen? Like I said, in the natural, when the lights are on, we tend to be focused on the here and now. We tend to be focused on the natural instead of the supernatural. So it's why God takes us into the dark to develop spiritual eyesight. For us to be able to see into eternity, to see past today into tomorrow, church. So many of us were so caught up in the today, the instant, the now. And God wants us to not lose focus of eternity. He wants us to understand that we're just passing through this earth, that there's another uh, uh, heaven that we call home, that we're just foreigners passing through. But we, could be, we become so immersed in this world. That sometimes God takes us into places of darkness so that we can look past this world into the world that's to come. We can look past the now into eternity, church, and remember that this is not our home. That there's a coming a day when we shall see Him face to face and behold Him in all of His glory. We have to learn to look past today, church, and the, and the only way that can happen is for God to put us in dark places, church. In the dark, we can see the supernatural work of God in our lives. It's like I said earlier, our testimony comes mostly out of the dark times of our life. Amen? And so it's in those dark times where the supernatural work of God is seen. It's where our song comes from and our testimony comes from. When you look at Scripture, you find numerous individuals all throughout Scripture who saw things in the dark they would have never otherwise seen. And the same goes for you and me. And I'm going to start winding this down. If someone's here, they can come to the music. So I'm going to rush through this, church. Here's what I mean. Hagar would have never seen El Roi. Abraham would have never seen Jehovah Jireh. Job would have never seen El Shaddai unless darkness descended upon all of their lives. When you study this passage, church, El Roi, the first time that El Roi was revealed in Scripture is in the midst of Hagar's darkness, when she was cast out by Sarah, when she was with child, she was cast out into the wilderness. You talk about a dark night, you talk about a dark day, you talk about a darkness descending upon her life, but if it wasn't for that darkness, she would have never seen El Roi, the God who sees. You see, the reality is it doesn't matter how dark your situation is, God can see in the dark. But sometimes He takes us into dark places, church, so that we can see another side of Him. So that we can see a side of Him that we never see when the lights are on and the sun is shining. Same goes for Abraham. The first time Jehovah Jireh is mentioned in Scripture was in the darkness of his decision that he had to make to sacrifice his son on the mountain. Do I obey God? Do I disobey God or do I sacrifice my son? And the Bible tells us it was there In the darkness of this decision, that Jehovah Jireh, my provider, was seen. Amen? The other reality is, Job, in the midst of Job's despair, the Bible teaches us that this is where El Shaddai was revealed. The all-sufficient God. Twenty-nine times in Job's despair, he mentioned El Shaddai, the all-sufficient God. You see, the reality is sometimes God puts us in darkness to reveal His greatness. For us to see a side of Him or an aspect of Him or a characteristic of Him. 
that we would otherwise never see when the lights are on. Amen, church? So finally, don't be afraid of the dark because we're in God's hands and it's in that dark time where we can develop Christ-likeness and also behold a character of Christ or of God that we've never experienced before. This is what we have to understand. Finally, I close with this. It's better to lean on God in the darkness like I shared last week than to stand alone in our man-made light. It's taken from Isaiah 50:11, which says this, "But now all you who light fires and provide yourselves with flaming torches, go walk in the light of your fires and of the torches you have set ablaze." For this is what you shall receive. You will lie down in torment. You see, the reality is, sounds like bad news here, and I don't want to end on that. But when you and I walk in the light of our own torches, when you and I walk in the light of our own lamps, when you and I walk in our own wisdom, our own knowledge, in our own prestige, in our own notoriety, when we trust in our own accomplishments, church, when we light our own torches, the Bible says we're just going to lay down in torment. You see, this is what that means. The best example I can give you here is David and the rest of the army of Israel when they faced Goliath in the darkness of that situation. The Bible says every night they laid down in torment. Every night they laid down in torment. Why? Because David was the only one who relied on God. David was the only one that trusted in God. He didn't trust in the armor of man. Didn't trust in the arm of flesh. He trusted in God. He looked to Him who was the author and the finisher of his faith, church. And we need to learn to do the same thing. David slept well. David slept like a baby. David slept like a log. Because he wasn't afraid of the dark, while the rest of Israel laid down in torment night after night after night. Listen, it's why so many of us can't get sleep. It's why so many of us are afraid to go to bed. Because we have not learned the discipline of darkness in our life. We have to put our eyes on God. We have to trust in God. We have to stop lighting our own lamps and lighting our own torches. We have to trust in God. Amen? We need to not lean on the arm of flesh or lean on the arm of man or lean on ourselves, but we have to trust in God. So how do we how do we do this, church? How do we overcome? How do we glow like we're supposed to go? How do we endure the darkness? How does God develop us in the dark? This is what I close with. He does it when we look to him like David did, when we look to him who is the author and the finisher of our faith. I believe you can use the word and say, look to him who is the author and the developer of our faith. Amen. And it goes on to say, whom whom for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. He sat down at the right hand of God. And he said this, when you find yourself in trouble or darkness, I'm paraphrasing right there, but Hebrews 12, 2 says this, consider Christ. When you find yourself in the trial, when you find yourself in the tribulation, when you find yourself in darkness, church, consider Christ who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself that you will not grow weary and lose heart when darkness comes over you as well. Please understand there's only one individual who has the power to develop our faith, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So the question tonight is, as I close, what's developing in your darkness? 
Is it the character of Jesus Christ? Or is it the likeness of this world? How many of you want to look like Jesus? If you want to look like the kingdom, you have to look to the kingdom. If you want to get past the darkness of today, you got to look to tomorrow. Amen. You got to just put your trust and your hope in God. Who wants to glow in the dark? Amen. Amen. Go ahead and just applause the Lord. If you want to glow in the dark, then you got to say, God, I'm prepared for the dark. Teach me, God, this discipline of darkness. Trust in you and look to you so that I can glow in the dark. Amen.